question I want us to think about not only today but throughout the Christmas season is why Christmas? Why Christmas? Why do we do all of this stuff that we do? Why do we devote an entire month plus to Christmas? There seems to be a growing number of people who are asking that question and answering it by saying, 
I don't see the reason why. There are people who have become very disillusioned about Christmas. People who have turned off to Christmas. People who are saying this year they're not going to do all the things that people do. It's just going to be another month for them. I came across an article, I think it was a blog. Uh, that makes me sound trendy if I tell you I'm reading a blog, see. So I really don't know, but that's what I'm going to tell you. I came across this article on the internet, and it was titled, Why Christmas is the Worst Time of the Year. And my first thought was, what kind of a Grinch is this? I mean, who would write such a thing? We all know what the song says, don't we? Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. How dare someone say it's the worst time of the year? And I began to read the article, and then I began to wonder, is, is this just an aberration? Or is this kind of a growing trend of thought? And so I googled why Christmas is the worst time of the year, and I got over two million results. Now, some of the people were answering the other people about why they were wrong to think Christmas is the worst time of the year, but many of them were people who just seemed fed up and tired of Christmas. There would be all kinds of lists, you know, 25 reasons why I don't celebrate Christmas, 30 reasons why we shouldn't have Christmas. And I, I pulled some of them out. See if you can identify with any of these things. Number one, travel is terrible. Anybody that's tried to travel at Christmas time can probably resonate with that. It's difficult. It's expensive. Parking is pathetic. <laughs> no room at the end has turned into no, no spaces at the mall. Uh, repetitive Christmas movies and songs. How many of you watch the same Christmas movies every year? Okay, a bunch of you. How many of you tune into these radio stations that do 24-7 Christmas music? Okay. How many of you get up on Christmas morning and say, if you turn on Christmas Story one more time? You know, because there's that channel that plays Christmas Story nonstop, 24 hours on Christmas. We already know he'll shoot his eye out, okay? We, we, we know that. And he hates the bunny pajamas. We know that. See, I'm channeling these people, trying to help you understand their point of view. How about too much stress? See, anybody get stressed out at Christmas, trying to figure out what to give, and then trying to find what you want to give without spending a fortune? Uh, here's one. Uh, having to spend time with dysfunctional family members. <laughs> anybody? 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 Yeah, yeah. No, don't raise your hand. I, I don't really want you to raise your hand. That, oh, my goodness. You know, <laughs> the guy in the article said, I'm, I'm forced to spend time with people I don't like. I don't see any other time of the year. And I really don't want to see them now. 
Goodness, I didn't expect to get such an enthusiastic response to that one. (laughs) Excessive consumerism, I think we can all amen that. Christmas joy brings January debt. Here's one I would not have thought of. Ugly clothes. Ugly clothes. Who started this whole ugly sweater thing? I mean, I don't know. Uh, How many of you own an ugly Christmas sweater? Okay, okay. How many of you wear your ugly Christmas sweater? Okay. Have you seen now they have ugly Christmas suits? You can get a full suit, pants, coat, tie. It looks like it's made out of wrapping paper. I want one. I want one. I think, I think for the Advent, Advent celebration, I need to show up in an cr- ugly Christmas suit. It's bad for the environment. Apparently, Christmas wrapping paper does not degrade very easily in landfills. And the excessive energy consumption of all those Christmas lights. I wouldn't know anything about that. Well, maybe I would. But when you... you, Go out at night and you say, look at my beautiful Christmas lights. And then you walk over to your meter and it's going. And, you know, you probably got a problem. And and one that I certainly can identify with. Fruitcake is disgusting. And do you know why fruitcake is so disgusting? It has raisins. And once again, I would need to remind you people, because you don't listen well, as we move into this Christmas season and we have the tasting party and all this good stuff, East Main Street Christian Church has been declared by the FDA to be a raisin-free zone. And if you bring food with raisins, it will be asked to leave. Okay? Just so you know. Don't, don't bring stuff with raisins. I know you. You'll bring raisin stuff. <sighs> but you know, in spite of, and, and say, the list goes on and on and on and on. In spite of all these objections, Christmas is still the most widely celebrated holiday in the world. Of the 7 billion people on this planet, over 2 billion of them are expected to celebrate Christmas in some form. So even though there seems to be lots of issues with Christmas, there's still a sense that it's worth it for most of us. And so I come back to the question I I started with, why Christmas? If someone walked up to you and said, "Do do you celebrate Christmas? Yes, I do. Why? Now, as a good Christian, what's your standard answer going to be? I celebrate the birth of Jesus. But if you're speaking to someone who doesn't believe in Jesus, that's not going to be enough. Their response is probably going to be, why should I go through all this stuff to celebrate the birth of someone born 2,000 years ago, and I don't care? you got to have a response to that. 
And so what I want to do over the season of Advent, so over the next four weeks, we're going to ask the question, why Christmas? And we're going to answer it. And we're going to answer it using just two verses of Scripture. Uh, I have read these verses probably a thousand times. It's Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. But I read them again a couple weeks ago. And I discovered that these two verses give four answers to the question, why Christmas? Now, I'm just going to touch on them lightly this morning, and then over the next four weeks, I'm going to take each of these answers, and we're going to unpack it a little more fully. Luke 2.10, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Did you catch them? Four reasons why we celebrate Christmas. And, and none of these reasons are going to have anything to do with any of those objections that were raised that I read earlier. Because to be honest, I, I can agree with most of those. There are a lot of things that we tend to do around Christmas time that is probably not very helpful and certainly not helpful when it comes to focusing us around the meaning of Christmas, which is Christ. Now, I enjoy a lot of the things that we do around Christmas time. But if all these things were to go away, if I couldn't have a Christmas tree, if I couldn't have any decorations in my house, if there were no presents, if there were no Christmas carols, if there were no programs or parties to go to, I would like to think I would still celebrate Christmas. Because the meaning of it would remain, even if all that stuff went away. Now, I should have prefaced my scripture reading by telling you that Luke was recording the words of an angel. An angel appeared to the shepherds the night Jesus was born. And these two verses are the message of the angels. And the angel started out saying, do not be afraid. Would you be scared if you were a shepherd on a hillside on a quiet starry night, and suddenly an angelic being shrouded in light appeared in front of you? I might have a little anxiety about that. And so the first thing the angel says is don't be afraid. And that's appropriate because the first reason why we celebrate Christmas is because Christmas casts out fear. Christmas casts out fear. Fear. Jesus was born into a fearful world. The Jewish people were basically slaves to the Roman Empire. They had a very uncertain future. People were anxious and afraid. And into that world, the Prince of Peace came. 
Do we live in a fearful world today? I think so. Every time I turn on the news, it says so. There is much to bring fear and anxiety. And so celebrating one who came as the Prince of Peace is, is very important and life-changing. That's one reason I celebrate Christmas. It casts out fear. The second thing the angel said is, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Christmas dispels disappointment. Christmas dispels disappointment. Have you ever received good news only to find out it doesn't affect you? And then it doesn't seem so good anymore? You hear, you hear on the television that there is a winner of the $14.2 billion lottery. But it's not you. It's not anyone you know. So it's good news, but kind of, eh, okay. <laughs> Back in Jesus' day, there was a, a very small supply of good news. Lots of bad news, very little good news. And very seldom did what good news they received apply to them. Their situation didn't seem to change for the better. But notice what the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. And if you go back into the original language of the New Testament, if you go back to the Greek and look at that phrase for all the people, do you know what it means? It means for all the people. <laughs> Nothing hidden there. But what that means is it, it's good news for me. And it's good news for you. Because the message of the angel was not just to the shepherds. That's why God had Luke write it down. So that 2,000 years later, when we celebrate Christmas, we can get the same message the angel did, and we can receive the same good news that they did. And what is that good news? Today, a Savior has been born to you. Christmas gives us hope. If you go back through the, New, through the Old Testament, much of the hope that the people had was future hope. Someday, I'm going to deliver my people from bondage in Egypt. Someday, I'm going to bring them back from exile to Israel. Someday, the Messiah is going to come. There were a lot of some days. <laughs> but that's future hope. And many generations were born and died and never saw that hope. And the angel wasn't just another coming along and saying, Someday <laughs> a Savior will be born to you. Now what did the angel say? He said, Today. What had been a future hope was now a present reality. And that gives us hope. My hope in Christ is not something just for the future. I don't hope in Christ just because I might go to heaven someday. I hope in Christ because of the life that he gives me now. His presence with me now. And the difference that makes. And then finally the angel said, he is Christ the Lord. And that means Christmas can change my life. 
Don't let all the sentimentality about the little baby Jesus capture your attention this Christmas. When you see that little sweet baby in the manger, you need to remember that that baby embodies the power and authority and majesty and glory of Almighty God. When I was a youth pastor, uh, I wanted to teach the youth group one Christmas season about the incarnation of Christ. The neat thing about going to seminary is they teach you big words. And you can impress people with your big words. And so I knew about the incarnation of Christ, which means God becomes flesh, becomes human. But if you try to tell a room full of teenagers about the incarnation of Christ, their eyes roll back in their head and you lose them. So I needed to come up with different language. So I decided to teach them about God in a bod. It's pretty clever, huh? God in a bod. And you want to know what they thought about that? Their eyes rolled back in their head and I lost their attention. But... But I think maybe there was some flicker of understanding about the incarnation without me actually talking about it. See, they spend the first part of seminary teaching you all the big words and concepts and ideas, and they spend the second part saying, don't use any of that when you preach or when you teach because nobody cares and won't understand it. Put it all in simple terms. And, and that's exactly what God did. God could have come down as a fully formed human being and from the beginning began to teach and to preach, but instead he came down as a baby because he wanted to make it simple. He said, I'm going to come to you just like you all come into this world. I'm going to grow up just like you do. I'm going to live just like you do. But when the time comes, the difference is going to be, I'm going to die like you won't. I'm going to give my life for yours. Every time I see that baby in the manger at Christmas, I can't help but think about Good Friday and Easter because they're all intertwined together. So why Christmas? Christmas casts out fear. Christmas dispels disappointment. Christmas gives us hope. And Christmas can change your life. We're going to talk about each of those things over the next four weeks. And I hope as we talk about them, maybe you will encounter some of these people who are disillusioned by Christmas, who have given up on Christmas. And you can say, let me talk to you about why Christmas. Let us pray. God, I am so grateful that you love us that you were willing to send your son Jesus to us and that we have this time of year when we can focus our thoughts on his coming and why that matters. Lord, I pray that you be with us through this Christmas season. May we keep our focus firmly on Christ and help others to do the same. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Last week, my granddaughter Brianna came forward and accepted Christ as her Savior, and she's going to be baptized here at the end of the service. And there may be someone else here this morning that's ready to take the same step of faith.
You know, it doesn't matter if you're seven like she is or if you're 70 like I might be someday in, in the far distant future. We all need a Savior. That's why the angel's message was such good news. A Savior has been born to you. We all need one, every last one of us. And if you haven't received Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't been baptized in his name, if you haven't opened your heart to receive him, then I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Let's stand together. We're going to sing hymn number 400, verses 1 and 4. And I invite you to come, if you're ready to open your heart to Jesus.
I will come.